0: gentlemen we must respond I, it's an emergency transmission on my car on the way back to terra firma i've got my son has just graduated from the sixth grade like jethro bodine back in the day and my daughter graduates from the sixth grade at the university of tennessee tomorrow so it's a busy week a blessed week Uh, a flashing light flashing before your eyes, those of you that have been through this before, we. So, good stuff all the way around. Tony Basilio reporting for duty. Bino Jeff Henderson, thank you. Bryony Boy Hartman, thank you for holding down the fort for two consecutive days. Back together again. Back together again.
1: Dr. Sean Sinclair, Hey, awesome, amigo! Good morning, Tony. Uh, safe travels. Can't wait to see you soon.
0: It's kind of unbelievable, Andy. Brian Hartman, the first thing I'd like to do is take my medicine before your Celtic throne. You guys are in action tonight, and the Sixers are not, because Joel Embiid is a total loser. James Harden's always been a stone-cold fraud. Uh, Daryl Morey is an absolute fraud, if there ever was one. And And the Boston Celtics are back in the Eastern Conference Finals for the fifth time in the last nine years. And Brian Harden you were having a conniption fit after Game 5. And I told you on the air there was nothing to worry about, Brian, because the 76ers are stone cold losers. I told you that, Brian. Third in. So that's my way of saying congratulations. Well, thank you, Tone. And you clutching clown. You were clutching and freaking out. You clutching clown. Well, how are you doing?
2: Hey, Tone. Glad hope you're. Hope you have a safe trip back. And I'll say this: this is the third time in four years that these two teams have met in the conference final in the East, and the Celtics have had a different coach each time. <laughs> which is kind of amazing when you think about it.
0: Well, that's what the NBA is now. The I mean, bootballer guy wins the world championship last year. He gets fired. I call that guy, by the way, head coach John Bryce. That guy looks just like Bryce. <laughs> uh, and then you've got you know, the guy up at Nick Nurse, the doctor and the medics, Nick Nurse. They fired him.
2: He got axed. Coaches so, that you won, know, I mean, come they, on, Bryce. They won a playoff a couple coaches that won a playoff series this year got fired. And Yeah, Monty Matthew, Williams. The, yep. Yeah, Monty Williams Doc, What happened with the Rivers was more I mean that, that really wasn't fair because his two starters just decided they're gonna go into business for themselves and there's nothing really he could do. He did he's not the one who decided to take Markel Fultz instead of Jason Tatum. That's not on him. Of all
0: the professional sports, I think the most useless job in the world is being a head coach in the NBA of all the professional sports. You talk about a league where those guys have the less, the least amount of power, the least amount of respect from their rosters. Basically James Harden's son went for the press and said either he goes or I goes. James Harden is a stone cold fraud. But let's get off that. As I welcome myself back to my show, After three days. So, here's the deal. Yesterday, something called the Tallahassee Journal, which by the way, doesn't exist, and Tennessee just got a football commitment. I'm gonna get Sean Sinclair to wax poetically on him momentarily. But before we do that, before we do that, here is the story that I want to believe happened and is a believable story. Now they're saying it didn't happen, but who cares? That's never stopped us before. I mean, you know, this is talk radio. The story went yesterday, making its way around the world, that John Curry and Boo Corrigan had a shouting match and they had to be separated by Dan cabbage. Now, something called the Tallahassee Journal on Twitter was reporting this, which is akin to Richard G. West, whose account recently got hacked on uh, Twitter for all the Twiddiots out there. But here's the deal. Let's say John Curry, because I want to believe it happened. Sean, do you want to believe that it happened that John Curry initiated a fight with boo corrigan of nc state do you want to believe it sean oh
1: absolutely i want to believe it you got john curry who's i mean just a complete knucklehead and boo corrigan who looks like an older version of lane kiffin uh with the hair always crazy and the (laughs) and the unkempt uh uh dress and uh doesn't yes. give a flip. I mean, he is he is Lane Kiffin's older brother, but uh, yeah, maybe Of course, John Curry. You see this all the time when when somebody's not invited to the party, yep. and, and they lash out about that. Yep. And I will say to the, uh, with all due respect
0: to the Tallahassee Journal, which apparently doesn't exist, John Curry is the same guy. The Greek, not to be confused with the Greek down in Memphis, but the grid. He went off the grid, and he did what? John Curry went off the grid, disappeared. Nobody could find him. Uh, Nobody at Tennessee could find him, and he went and hired the Pirate, only to be told the next day, not only is he not getting the job, but you're losing yours. So congratulations on your new hire. You can call him and tell him that's off. You, You can call him. And tell him, that's off. Are you okay? My son just had an incident where he spit coffee all over our car. But I'm trying to pretend Did like that didn't happen. Here, why don't you Did talk he graduate? alright Did you not like the coffee? Went down the wrong pipe? Are you all right? Drink you some water over there. Anthony makes his. Basilio's show debut. Um, then there was a time kick out, choked on his coffee, spit it all over the windshield, Senko. Oh, I gotta say, I've never seen that happen. He's never done that, Senko. Wait, it's over are mm-hmm. live on the air. Did he, uh, did he graduate? He graduated. The sixth grade, Senko, the sixth grade.
1: Well, i tell you what. So I, he, a, he is a be... University of Pennsylvania graduate. Well, I, I I tell you what I want to. I hope he's I hope he's in earshot, and I want to say uh, uh, absolutely congratulations to Anthony. Uh, not only what people may not know is uh, he's a Division One athlete at the Ivy League school, and sacrificed a year uh, of his development to stay home, uh, work, and uh, so that he put off a year of gratification so that he could go into UPenn and play golf there. So uh, absolutely congratulations, Anthony. I, I know the sky's the limit for you. Thank you. 865
0: If you want to join us, his sister are now texting and saying, I heard you spit coffee. It is true. Coffee all over the dashboard, coffee all over my eyeglasses that are up there. Coffee hey, all into my coffee. I tried to um, masticated, I tried ma- to Masticated coffee, no doubt. All right, let's get back to the fight.
2: The coffee is gross. So here's bro. the
0: deal. Well, I want to practice you. party discipline here. First of all, Sean, there's – what are they calling this ACC7, Brian? What are they calling them in the uh, glitterati in the media?
2: Magnificent Seven? Is that what it is? The
0: Magnificent Seven,
2: which, you know. We have a class And the schools are
0: the schools are North Carolina, North Carolina State, Virginia Tech, the two Florida schools, that's five, Clemson, and who am I missing? Or did I get all seven? Virginia. Oh, and Virginia. So I guess Virginia and Virginia Tech are together because it's a political thing. Would that be why those two would be linked. Because Virginia literally would add nothing to a football league. No offense to them. I mean, I'm not trying to offend them. I'm in the middle of Virginia right now. So, not trying to offend anybody. But, apparently, the Lane Kiffin of ADs, and Sean's got a good point on Bill Corgan because he's an AD because he's related to his father. So, he's kind of related, Sean, which is a kind of a good stick by you. And then um, the Radicavich guy used to be at Clemson, who's now at Miami, had to get between them. But here's the deal. So I'm picturing John Curry and this Radicavich guy, no, John Curry and Boo Corrigan, little Boo. And John's kind of a tall, skinny guy, but John Curry is literally, the reason that was believable and is believable is because he's a total knucklehead. The same guy that went off the green, Not not to be confused with the Grizz, but the green. And how many times am I going to say that? We're 11 in. We'll have to wait and see. But I choose to believe it. I choose to believe it. I choose to say it happened. And I choose to ask you today to help us to chuck the fight. So the match has been made. It's going to be Boo Corrigan in one corner, John Curry in the other, Let's talk about the fight. And I want you to put your thinking cap on here, okay? Who will be in John Curry's corner from the University of Tennessee camp? Who will be in Boo Corrigan's corner from the Tennessee camp? And if you want to add some oddball fringe characters, feel free to shape our narrative to the best. Winner to the best, uh, call today or best couple calls. I'm going to give you a gift card to our friends at Alumni Hall and also a copper card. So we're going to do, we're going to do double duty here. Our friends at, uh, Calhoun's always a great place for the graduation season, which is upon us now. And Calhoun's, any of the Calhoun, the copper seller family restaurants, always a wonderful choice. Uh, Sean Sinclair, do you have any thoughts on this mythical, magical bout for the ages, the brawl for it all? In one corner, John Curry defending the magnificent not five, and Boo Corrigan representing the magnificent seven.
1: Well, I think it's interesting that those two, um, you know, are in the ring because it just goes to show you. What happens now that the old guard is gone? Uh, Dean Smith gone, um, Mike Shishovsky retired. There really is nobody else in the ACC that's that's noteworthy. no, there's not a football coach over there. Uh, I mean, Dabo would like to think he's the guy, but he's not. I mean, he's just a, he, He's just a, With all due respect, he's a thrift store. Um, He's a thrift store Nick Saban with a couple of rings, and that's about it. That's that's all they got over there. So you're watching. This would not have happened um, if if was still around, because they would they would tout basketball and they would tout academics. But the money is too great now, and they see what's happening. The ACC sees what's happening to the Pac-10, Pac-8, whatever they're going to Pac-Fudge, whatever they're going to be out there nobody's nobody's lining up to uh televise their their games they they may be on youtube uh and now and it looks like they're going to lose oregon and washington as well and so the acc really is doesn't have anything and i think it'd be interesting to see if um what the the sec i hope there's no way we're going to absorb all of those and i hope they only absorb a couple of them and i I can't tell you which ones uh, because I don't know how money is derived from there. Uh, you know, do you take a Virginia Tech because we don't have a presence in Virginia? Um, all the other North Carolina, do you take uh, North Carolina? I'm not an NC State fan. No offense to Pizan, Um but all of those guys. So it, it's interesting to see, but the writing's on the wall. The ACC, as we well, you know it, is not a is not an attractive. A conference anymore and basketball with the ncaa having no teeth whatsoever and generating their money from the from the essentially just the the basketball tournament and the playoff coming the 12 team playoff people are people are jumping ship and they're and they and that's happened the the, the acc as we know it is done they just announced it yesterday informally
0: Brian Hartman, do you, uh, you and Bino, obviously have chopped this up? And then I want to ask, uh, Cinco, who's in the corner of Corrigan or if he'd like to put somebody in the corner of, uh, Johnny Bahama. Cause Sean Curry is going to wear the Bahama look. He's going to come out. He likes all those colors. He's addressed like Pee Wee Herman when he was Tennessee's AD, uh, young kids looking up, aka Paul Rubens. Um, Ryan Armand, do you have a thought on, because I think this league eventually goes to 20 teams. I've always thought that. I don't think 16 is the number. And it might even grow to larger than that. You might see two 30-team super conferences with the, the Big Ten and the SEC just controlling the deal and everybody else getting left out. That, that might be what's coming. Uh, the ACC, obviously, those seven teams choosing to uh, you know, really, really look and search, see if they can get out of their deal, and then the fake heat yesterday between John Curry and Book Morgan only confirms the fake heat. Fake heat confirming a real story. That's the world we're living in right now. Uh, Bry, who are your teams that you want from the ACC
2: for this league? What would you do? I uh, I would take. I don't think they've been mentioned. Georgia Tech. And give me either Clemson or Florida State. I can't. Maybe two of those three would be who you I got to want. take four, Brian. We're taking four. Okay. Well, um, let's go Miami, Florida State, Georgia Tech, and Clemson. Right. All good
0: choices from the Magnificent Seven. Sean Sinclair, if you had a choice at a four uh, for the Magnificent Seven. Who you taking?
1: I'll go with Clemson. I'll go with uh, Virginia Tech, uh, UNC, and Florida State. That's an interesting stuff right there.
0: So here's the deal. I want to construct this fight. I need you to help me. We're going to have a fight. I need a cut man. I need a trainer. I need corner men. Uh, any idea who would be in Curry's corner? Sean, can
2: you think of anybody that you would like the place
1: in oh. this corner? Oh, I can. Sean, go ahead. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you, you know the—I <clears throat> don't know what he's going to add, but you know that Dan Wilkin is going to be exists. Dan. Dan, oh. Dan Wilkin. Dan Wilkin will be there. The biggest John Curry fluffer that's ever lived. Um, he will be there. He will be there, like. Uh, Fred Sanford standing behind Lamont, you know, giving it to somebody else as long as Lamont's in between them. And, uh, you know, cheering him on, fool's gold bra- bra- uh, bravado. Uh, so that's where I'm going right there. He, he's adding absolutely nothing to the mix. No advice, <clears throat> no strategy. No advice, no nothing. No. know
0: he He doesn't even hold the spit bucket. Sean, so when you said that, the thing that came to my mind was Dan Wilkin over there, like Jim Cornette with a tennis racket. Because that's what he yeah, does. But you know, even, he's like I a, don't
1: even think they would let Wilkin close enough to the ring where he could trip somebody. So he's in Curry's corner, Dan Wilkin.
0: We're going to have him with a racket. I tell you who I've got in. uh, Um. One guy I know that's going to be, and I don't know what his role is going to be, but I think um, Corrigan's corner, you have to have Fulmer over there. And Fulmer, see, Fulmer's whole goal is to get Curry out of the way. Again, just because he's Fulmer and, you know, just to eliminate people. He, he loves eliminating people. Now, what are the means necessary? Is he going to teach them some kind of clinch? And then you get close to them and you take your little syringe and you carve your initials in their back. Does he use the same blade that was used on majors? Does he, does he hand that one down, bequeath it? Or do we go with the ether on the gloves a la mash with Hawkeye? When, uh, Trapper John got in the ring with, uh, or, it was Tra- was it? Yeah, I think that was right. Uh, where Rain- Wayne Rogers gets in the ring with that big joke Palooka, and he says, put the, put the glove, put-, put it up under his nose, put it with the jab, put it up under, put the glove up. Could you not picture that? Could you not picture Filmer over there in the corner rubbing the chemicals on the glove? Yelling, stop the 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 is the Oh, Brian Hartman, I am a simpleton. Eight six five two hundred five four zero two is the numero uno, numero uno, numero uno, numero uno, numero dos. If you'd like to join, and then if you have a thought on this ACC stuff, I'd like to hear it. In the meantime, Tennessee has gotten a football commitment. The number one player in england don't mess with texas the number one player in england don't mess with josh heifel just don't mess if you know what's good for you and you know what's good about you don't mess let's do this let's take a brief time out we'll get some calls in i want dr sean sinclair to give me his thoughts on the number one player in england by way of nigeria by way of something called the NFL Academy. As we continue with more on the other side, it's your Tony Basilio show after this.
3: Spread the word and get the app at TonyBasilio.com for Android and iPhones.
9: Have you heard the news? The Big Yellow School Bus with your host, Jack Cobb, with Murray County Public Schools has a new day and time. Hop on the Big Yellow School Bus Saturdays at 10 a.m. right here on WKOM 101.7 FM to hear all about what's happening in and around Murray County Public Schools. The Big Yellow School Bus with Jack Cobb and Friends on Front Porch Radio, Saturdays at 10 a.m. on WKOM 101.7 FM.
3: you got to know. No
6: Spend a very special no evening with
0: away. The Gambler, no the timeless music of Kenny Rogers, road performed road by, road by Justin Sullivan and we his seven-piece real-deal we'll band. Many, many have said this is the best tribute down. show of its kind. Hear all your Kenny Rogers favorites. Lucille, Lady, Every She Believes in Me, Coward the of the surviving. County, Considered him the coward Saturday, the May 20th, 7 p.m., at the legendary Crockett Theater in Lawrenceburg.
10: Tickets begin at only
0: $16. Yes, an evening with the gambler and the real deal band. Saturday evening, May 20th at 7. For more information, log on to
4: CrockettTheater.com. Crocketttheater.com. We'll see you there. The NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series.
5: Pace truck hits the pit lane, gets out of the way, and they get ready for the green flag.
4: Heads up highway 421. Nick Sanchez outside row one, Carson Hosobaro,
5: and they're going
0: to him up
4: going into turn number three. For the return to North Wilkesboro.
0: Grant and finger to the line, and with the win, as a checkered flag goes in the air.
6: It's the Tyson 250.
9: Saturday, May 20th at noon on WKOM 101.7 FM.
6: This is Clayton Harris, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM, Columbia.
0: I'm going to be back with you. The ball's just got a commitment. Ladies and gentlemen, in football, his name is Emmanuel Okoye. From Lagos, Nigeria. Part of what they call the NFL Academy uh, in uh, London, England. He's the number one player in London. He committed to the University of Tennessee uh, this morning. Uh, He stands 6'5", 230. USC and Texas Tech were his other finalists. He did have an offer from Georgia. Uh, He will be eligible to play in 2023, which is this season. 18 years of age with a soccer player coming up was a basketball lover as a kid. Uh, he was discovered last year by O.C. Amayori <coughs> and was identified and placed in a camp of NFL Africa talent in Ghana. And from there, he ended up at something called the NFL Academy. So Sean St. Clair, this guy's a four-star player that is going to blossom, hopefully, at the University of Tennessee. Literally a guy called from Nigeria and identified to play the sport by a great player in his own right. Uh your thoughts
1: on this commitment this morning? Well, a couple things. Uh, glad to have him. It's a nice add uh, to this class. A couple things to of note. Uh, listening to a great job, by the way, from um, uh, Austin Price and the Cats over at uh, VolQuest have been on this and then had a real nice inter- couple of interviews with him. The kid speaks uh, incredible English, uh, appears to be a hard worker is used to kind of like Vescovy is used to being away from home where Vescovy went to Australia and some others, uh, you know, to be in that Academy. And then this kid's gone up to London Uh, athlete, you know, he reclassified. So he's a bit young. I think he's from the 24 class, but is graduated early. So, but I haven't seen a birth date. I don't know how old the kid is, but apparently he's got, the, the measurables, the com, the combined measurables that are just what you're looking for. It's, it's, he's listed either 6'4", 6'5", 230, 240, uh, incredibly long wingspan, uh, you know, over a seven-foot wingspan. Then you're talking, you know, his vertical jump and broad jump were off the charts, which translates to explosiveness. Now, the, 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 the thing about him is he hasn't played much football. If you go and watch his huddle highlights are his highlights uh, you can tell he hasn't played much football he's just figuring it out but like you said he's a he's a tall kid who has a soccer and a basketball background uh so the uh the feet are there um the the athletic spatial awareness is there for his body um so he's not clunky it's just uh, where is he going to fit in is he is he a tight end is he a is he a, a Leo like we were collecting right now uh, does he put on 40 pounds and become a defensive end uh, in the three-4 kind of deal like the kid we just got from Missouri um, so who knows but he has he has he has physical ability that doesn't come around very often so he's certainly worth he's certainly worth the effort to bring him in and see how he develops.
0: 865-200-5402, the number. Again, all lines are currently open if you'd like to get them with us. A couple things about him, and I'm looking at a story from Chris Lowe. Chris has a very detailed story today at ESPN.com. He's 18 years of age. Um, he has a 45.5-inch vertical leap, an 11-foot-3-inch broad jump, both of which would be NFL combine records for defensive ends. So, in other words, take that for, you know, what it's worth. That's what's said about him. As we know, those of us who follow recruiting, you know, you, you have to sort of call the fact fiction at times like this. I mean, Chris is going to write that because that's what's being said about him. I'm not challenging what Chris wrote. I'm just saying that there have been a lot of guys who – do things that are combine records coming into college. who then when they get there, they're like, what, what world are we doing here? But anyway, um, Chris writes, he also has a 72 inch wingspan, which is sort of amazing. And Newman Yuri was born in the United kingdom who, who basically recruited this guy to play football. um, says the following, so the one incredible moment for Emmanuel, his athleticism, his natural sporting talent, his outstanding personal character make him an impressive prospect for the game. Remember Emmanuel's name as he has an exciting future ahead of him. He goes on to say his story will undoubtedly pave the way for the future, for more future NFL Academy prospects and recruits driving awareness of the program and the opportunities for talented student-athletes, I couldn't be prouder to witness his journey, nor more excited for what his future holds. And this young man um, visited Tennessee in April along with USC and Texas Tech. And, hey, Sean, they're doing a really, really nice job on defense uh and if this kid ends up on defense great if he ends up on offense you know he'll be productive on that side of the football for josh heupel if that's what they choose to do do with him but man you can just never have enough of these potential pass rushers these ends on your roster you just can't it's
2: it's physically not possible to have enough of those guys. Sean is—is is he related to former Kansas City Chief Christian Okoye? I don't believe
1: so. I think uh, I think respectfully, and I don't want to uh, I don't want to uh, sound weird here. I, I believe that uh, Okoye, uh, uh in that part of the country would be very much like Jones or Smith. Uh, I think it's a very common now. Maybe maybe there's some uh, maybe there's some you know connection there. Uh, but I think that's a very, very common, uh, last name, uh, in that part of the country. So who knows? But, you know, that's, geez, it's, it's so many, so many natural athletes, uh, on that continent that, uh, I mean, I'm not, don't want to go there, but it just, what you're talking about, Tony, is we have, if you just take a look at the guys we brought in the past couple of years with, uh, um, uh, Oh, the kid from North Carolina, James. I can't, sorry, I can't remember his name, Pierce. Uh, you got, uh, Joseph's, not as tall, but has those arms. Uh, the, uh, uh I'm just drawing a blank here, sorry. Uh, but anyway, the Leos we brought in, Chandavian Bradley, um, the younger brother, Caleb, I believe. Forgive me, i I'm, I'm, my brain's not working with the names here. But uh, anyway, the six four, six five kids that can run are explosive. You know, what you're talking about is you're talking about a lot of guys that are like Javon Curse. Now, we haven't had that here. I mean, we've had D'Angelo Lloyds come out of high school. They were tall like that. But for the longest time we've had, and I mean total respect for these guys, uh, Jacquez, uh, was, uh, Smith uh, from Chattanooga. Again, I'm probably butchering that up. Um, but a lot, you know, the shorter guys—Paris um, Harrelson, uh, with all due respect, Will Overstreet—who were great players, but they weren't that six-five, six-six type. Uh, were not that 6'6", type we are in on now, uh, Cameron Fountain, um, uh, another defensive end type like that. So those guys help you anyway. They—they they help you uh, on special teams uh, as they're getting used to it. They help you in pass rush. Uh, they can be tight ends. If their bodies go crazy, uh, they can turn into offensive tackles. Um, they can they can get big and turn into interior defensive linemen with long arms. So I can grant whoever's over there signing these guys, I give them tremendous credit because we haven't had that in a long time. Yep. Let's go to the phones. Well put. Dr. Sean Sinclair,
0: as now Stephen Lexington wants to join. Steve, how you doing? Hey, hello. What's going on, Lexington? Here we go. Well, yeah, I, I was glad to hear. Uh, it always seems like when um, uh, the doc's in there, it always seems like, We get a commitment. So I didn't know what the chances would be. Maybe we could get him five days a week. Well, if we did that, you end up with 365.
6: If you did that, uh, Steve, you end up with 365
1: commitments. uh, I I miss you, Steve, from Lexington.
0: Well,. You know, I, I still listen from time to time, but, um, I don't have all the technology and whatnot. But, um, listen, I do want to ask you about a kid in the Buford, uh, Georgia area. Uh, but before I do what it sounds like y'all really giddy about this, uh, this commitment and, um, you know, with the fact he's got, you know, the, I guess the soccer footwork and whatnot. What do you think is, uh, I mean, I guess like, you know, any kind of shuttle times or twitch factor, anything like that, anything juicy that you can throw out there for us?
1: You know, I'm I'm, I'm leery of, of of quoting times or measurements because they all, kids always lose an inch or two when they get here, they're smaller, they're slower, right. et cetera, but uh but if you just if you take a look at the if you take a look at the highlights, the kid has extreme You know when you, you say forty five inch vertical, it, kids aren't they're not sitting there jumping up and down all day long on a football field. But how that translates, as you well know, Steve, is to you know quick burst. Uh, you're engaged with an offensive tackle, and all of a sudden a running back runs, and, and you've got three steps, and you can get to them. Uh, that that's what you're looking for. That's football version. <laughs> Um, so, no, I'm, I'm sorry I failed you there with all the numbers, but, uh, he's an explosive athlete. We'll just see if that translates to college football. Hey, Steve, he really ought to
0: have, if he's going to get on here, he really ought to have his shuttle,
1: uh,
0: shuttle time documented. Maybe how he worked out with, uh, the bands, uh, what kind of, uh, band work this young
1: man's done. Expect a little more right, out of there. Right, right. What do you think? What do you think? Well, when, I think uh, I think the shake weight is big over in London, so perhaps he's the shake into weight that. is a big thing in London. <laughs> yep, <the big>
0: weight. <laughs> well, I think he, I think Don delivered. You know, like I said, uh, you know, it just seems like the last few times I've called him on here, we've gotten a, you know, kind of a surprise. I don't, I don't really know. It was a huge surprise, but. uh you know, he wasn't on my radar. That, Of course, you know, I'm just a, a nobody, but uh, that's why I listen and call you all. But, uh, listen, can I ask you all about this kid? I, I believe, I know it's uh, the, the Houston kid out of Buford, Georgia. I think it's Edric Houston. Uh, but I've heard that we might be making, you know, making up some ground there and that he's undecided. He's a 24 kid.
1: I don't know. Uh, you know, it's he's a highly ranked defensive lineman. Uh, that would be nice uh, if you take a look at the right. on three page. If you take a look at the on three page, it has all the heavyweights, and we're not on there: George, Ohio State, Clemson, Alabama. So I, I'm not sure. Again, I, I've, I've failed you. You know, Rivals has him as a as a 6.1 five star fourth in the country. So, but you know, anybody when Roddy Gardner's involved, you never know, Steve.
0: Yeah, and I just thought, you know, maybe it, uh, I thought maybe that might be, you know, one advantage for us is having, you know, Garner in our corner. But, uh, I didn't know if, you know, maybe Georgia had, you know, shot all their, um, you know, all their, uh, NIL money. I guess they're just printing it down there though when you win a, when well, you win a nap. Here's a, here's, here's a question, Sean. At what point? Will all these off-field things, and there are several now, okay? They've they got their own police blotter down there for the football program. At what point, Sean, does this start having a detrimental effect on them in, in the recruiting world, or, or,
1: or does that stuff stick to that program? I don't think when you're – I don't recall in the 30-plus years I've been following this recruiting stuff, I do not think scandal – Really affects recruiting unless you come up with. I mean, a, a player too. But if you're talking about a kid from Georgia, who's the defensive lineman, the past two years they put what four, five, six in the NFL, first round, second round. I, I just don't think that's a big deal. I'm not. I'm not commenting on the social aspect of what's going on down there. But as long as they've got a place for him, uh, they're not getting the death penalty. Uh, they're, not getting a, they're not getting any kind of sanctions. Uh, there's room for him, and if he wants to go there, they'll have a place for him. Right. Hey, Steve, right. Steve, do you
0: have anybody that you would like to put in Curry's corner or Corrigan's corner for this fight, this bout for the, really, the, the grant of rights in the SEC, we're going to call it the grant of rights in the ACC championship is what they're playing for. In one corner, you have Curry fighting for the other, the leftover schools, and in this corner you have the the Curry faction, or the the Corrigan faction. We've got Fulmer right now in Corrigan's corner as sort of a cut man, sort of uh, uh, an advice man to him. Um, Brian Hartman has an addition. Brian, who would you like to add? Tell Stephen Lexington who you'd like
2: to add. I nominate Tony Vitello. For John Curry's corner. Curry administration, his administration gave Vitello this chance that he's taken and run with, and we are forever grateful for that moment.
0: And, Steve, I've got one. Bab Davenport has just been announced as the ring girl. Hmm. Well, you know, I will say, uh, Curry, uh, you know, that was a heck of a fine um you know and i know everybody wasn't really happy with you know him bouncing all over you know going off the grid and all that looking for you know a coach um but um listen before I, i've got a i've 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 got a role here in just a second uh i've taken up some uh pickleball with some friends and um before i get out i've, I've got to get loosened up but um uh, I wanted to ask:
6: uh, do, you um, use, do you use gummies? Do you use
0: gummies or CBD? What do you use to loosen up? Or do you just roll fatty right there on the court? <laughs> well, yeah, my my buddy brought me some something from uh, from out in Colorado, and uh, boy, it it really uh, it really took me for a loop. Um. I mean, it was one. It was. I, 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 it may be a story for another day, but uh, yeah, I, I just prefer uh, rolling a fatty there, and uh, you know. But uh, look, guys, real quick, uh, if we were to go to Alabama this year, and maybe this is best suited for uh, Doc, but if we were to go to Alabama and prove that last year was not a fluke, if we did that, could you see us maybe flipping? some 24 or 25 kids that are uh, you know either committed to Alabama like that big quarterback from California you know uh, or one of these you know maybe some uh, area of needs like cornerback and you know uh, defensive line you think if we would pull it off um, this year down there that it would help us against Alabama Well,
1: we'll
0: Steve do you I, think I Sean a two-game people. winning streak for credibility purposes and recruiting I against them?
1: If history tells us anything, if, if 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 history tells us anything, if Josh Heifel goes down to Tuscaloosa and beats Nick Saban twice in a row, then you can guarantee you those necks down there will somehow plant some kind of incriminating information on his cell phone or his computer or something, a la Hugh Freeze, and uh, we will be out of there uh, with that. So I always want the win, but. Beating beating Nick Saban twice in a row comes with severe consequences. I, I, sadly, I
0: agree with you, uh, but boy, it sure would be nice. It would be nice. Well, listen, fellas, y'all sound real good. Uh, I got to get um, get out of here, but I'm I'm glad I called Doc, and um, hopefully next uh, next week, uh, you know, we can get another uh, commitment. Oh well, yeah, I, I hear there's They me. were supposed to get here last week. Uh, so this one's been coming this one's been in the works for a while we'll go back to our phones eight six five two hundred five four zero two. 0 there's at least one more that's there uh, on the vine just waiting to be uh, waiting to fall on the ground so to speak um before we go back to the phones think of, you know I, I'm driving and I'm on my cell phone right now and I apologize for the crude, crude way this sounds but I suppose it's better than nothing. That said, did you just say those necks in Alabama? Did you,
1: did you just say that today on the program? Well, I could say I could I could change that. Uh, forgive me. I could. No, say those, no, uh, I don't want you to change. No, tumor, tumor, tumor corner, um, tumor corner, tree killers. Um, <laughs> I could say those UAB football program yes. uh, eliminators. Uh, how far do you want yeah. me to go down the list? Well, Harvey Updike was the Harvey Updike School of
0: Horticulture. Uh, there is no doubt that that is an ever-growing place uh, with an expanding curriculum. Back to the phones we go. 865 200 Here's what we have so far for the uh, furry, Book, Oregon fictitious fight for the soul of the Atlantic Coast Conference. And who would have thought that John Curry, when he left here, would be in the middle of this hubaloo, But here we are. He's got Tony Vitello in his corner, well-schooled in MMA. John Curry does. Along with Dan Wolken as nominated by Sean Sinclair. I believe Dan Wolkin, because he is tennis Dano, should... The tennis racket, a la Jim Cornette. Now, one thing you have to understand is that Jim Cornette's tennis racket was loaded, and he used to whack people with it. And I don't think Dan Wilkins capable of swinging a loaded
1: tennis racket. So, think of—have have you ever played frisbee golf? No, I have not. I understand that is the uh, sport of. Queens, and I have not. It is very fun. I played yesterday
0: with Anthony, uh, and, uh, well, my shoulder in three places hurts today, because when you don't warm up, and you throw one of those heavy, the Frisbees are a lot heavier than the ones we used to throw, the wham Frisbees. The like driver it, Frisbee is, is rather heavy, uh, and when you don't warm up, uh, you can you kind of tear things i was laying down last night trying to go to sleep because we got up way way early this morning and my shoulder felt like it was on fire and i was thinking to myself you know it probably wasn't the smartest thing in the world to try to throw the freaking frisbee as far as i could throw it without warming up
1: probably not the smartest thing in the world but what are you gonna do uh, you can't hide talent, though. I bet when you were out there, you were hole-in-one, hole-in-one, hole-in-one. <laughs> yeah, I got talent, all right. So, at Curry's corner, you got Tony Vitello,
0: who's well-schooled in MMA. He could teach Curry how to change levels, etc. And the cheap shots that all us paisans know. The old look in the sky, step on the foot routine. Dan Wilkin over there with a the tennis racket, not loaded. Perhaps he would have a pickleball paddle, uh, that has a, uh, that has a, uh, tennis racket cover on it. In Corrigan's corner, so far he's rather bare. Solomert is over there with him and a bottle of ether, is how I'm picturing this going down. One of the ring girls, and we're going. We might need a couple more, but one of the ring girls is Bev Davenport uh, for the festivities. Let's go back to the phones, and we'll get Rusty in here. Is up next with us, Rusty. Hello. Hey fellas, I, I don't know. I don't know what I pop for more—the uh, the, the Bev Davenport ring girl part,
8: or or Sean saying the next down in Alabama. That th- those two are. As good as it's going to get, that you might as well just stop the show.
0: Well, there is certainly there there is certainly a an element in this program where we just kind of say what it is, and people are left to sort of sort it out, I guess. But uh, I guess you could say we don't care.
8: My only question would be for Sean: is Sean why haven't our Nick
0: been able to plant something on Saban's All uh what they did to Hugh Freeze, Because
3: I'm one of us.
1: I'm loving that. I don't know i I just don't know that um, I mean we have the the Maynardville boys, I'm sure could do something could do some damage, yep. but I don't know I, I think they I think they live in a different part of the the uh, atmosphere um and I just you stumped the band right there. I don't know, Rusty. I'm sorry well may I add because Sean, you used to say this, and I think it's true.
0: It just means way too much to those people. It yeah. just means way too much to Thai fans. I mean, and you, you it's get, always going to mean way too much to them.
1: Well, right, our fans, our are fans are more balanced than their fans. Rusty, when you you're talking about a you're talking about a a fan base <laughs> that will, you know, sell a couple of kids to the cartels to get SEC championship tickets. Or oh, to, about uh, it. or to keep, you know, or to keep the, or to keep the family El Camino rolling. Um, well, how about this? How about, how about people that kill each other over losses? That's What right. have I'm you I'm heard well about that happening
0: here? That's happened there frequently. What have you ever yeah. heard of that happening in our fan base? Yeah. You're not upset enough about a loss. I'm going to shoot you. Yeah. I- I'm well aware of who they are. Uh, there's a lot of things I would do. I'm just saying. And, and could we not get Richard G. West to use his talents for like, Yeah. I mean, he's so good at doing what he does, but you know, if he can pull those things off, he could get something on saving for it. If we could get yeah, it. I, you, I know.
1: I you what, for in, in the state of Alabama, you do not want to be an outhouse. If the Alabama Crimson Tide loses that Saturday, because it's, it's oh, going to sure. get introduced to a stick of dynamite. I'm telling you guys, uh, Stephen Lexington
0: had a really good thought, though. Tennessee beats them two in a row and goes down there and really whacks them, which, oh, by the way, if you look at the odds in that game, that's certainly within the realm of possibility because they don't have anything at yeah, quarterback, and we're going to be able to score points. The, the spread's closer this coming year than it was going into last year's game. Hello? Yeah. Um, Real quick, the reason I actually called besides, besides all the fun stuff was you guys are talking about this kid from London and uh, Nigeria, I think, before that, and big-time recruit, adding adding him to this class so late. That kind of gives me hope, and I just want to hear your guys' opinions.
8: This gives me hope that us taking a kid like this in this situation tells me that the NCAA teeth aren't too sharp with what's about to come down, and we know it already. Or we wouldn't be taking another scholarship kid this late, etc.
0: I just want to hear your opinions on that, and I'll let you go. Thank you. I, I don't see, I'll go first. I don't see how that impacts that one iota because this is a developmental player. This is not a guy that you're taking for this year. So I think this is the guy they were going to take anyway. I think it's the guy they were going to take anyway because he's a really nice prospect. And at the end of it all, I, that's my read on it. Uh, what do you think, Sean? I don't think it's related to that at all, that NCA stuff.
1: No, I don't either, and I don't know the ba- I don't know the backstory of whether we were recruiting him and then and then pulled a Rick Barnes and had him reclassify. Uh, but um, no, I, I don't know that there's any connection at all.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, if if he were a fifth year transfer player, on a championship, then I would. Go with you there. He's a developmental player, and I'm not saying that's put him down, because obviously his, uh, his feeling is extremely high. Uh, but he's a, you know, he's a developmental guy, so he won't see the field this year, unless there's major catastrophe, or unless he's an absolute freak show. So, 865 200 5402. By the way, uh, congratulations to the Detroit Pistons in the NBA draft lottery. No, I'm sorry. Congratulations to the Houston Rockets for winning last night's NBA draft lottery. Oh no, I'm sorry. By the way, um, by the way, um, you will be glad to know and we'll take a brief time out here, eight six five two hundred five four zero. So John Morant has quote unquote taken accountability for his actions of waving a handgun on a video and getting himself suspended from league activities. Tell you what John Moran is. That's a guy right there
2: that needs
0: some real world shaken into him. because so he's about to lose a fortune. He's already lost a fortune, but he's about to be out of the NBA. That's what's going to happen to him. Is The NBA is not going to let him tarnish what they're doing. He's a great idiot. And abroad, he's a moron. What a mor— he's a- he, the sad thing about it is, he is a marvelous talent. A marvelous talent. Just gotta be so maddening for my listeners in Memphis. My gosh. You gotta be sitting there going, why us? I mean, this guy is like a brain donor. What are you doing? You take a brief time out. Come back with more. I want to hear from you at 865-200-5402. We're putting together the fight of the century. If you want to add something to it, also Tennessee gets a commitment. Also the ACC. If you're the SEC, are you going to cherry pick? I think eventually you're going to do 20 or 32, team leagues. So what that's going to look like, how, who, what, where, when and why, who knows? We continue with more on the other side. You spread the word and get the
3: app at TonyBasilio.com for Android and iPhones.
11: This is Terry Wilcox, aka the Chicken Man, aka T Willy, and you're listening to 101.7 FM WKOM, Columbia, Tennessee.
2: Each week on History's Hook, we'll be bringing you interesting and informative stories from the past in an effort to connect the history in our own backyard to the big events that compose national and world history. I'm your host, Tom Price. This is not your high school history class. We're going to make history fun and compelling. We're going to get you hooked.
9: History's Hook with your host, Tom Price. Saturdays at 9 a.m. and 6 p.m. Right here on WKOM 101.7 FM Front Porch Radio. Join us for a journey through time.
7: This is Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee.
0: Um, as we welcome you back, 865-200-5402. My name's Cecilio. Uh and, and I've missed some time this week, missed some time blogging, missed some time, and I appreciate the grace that you've given me. And I want to thank Vino, you know, Jeff Henderson, and Brian for uh, filling in. Tomorrow, during showtime, my daughter will be graduating from the University of Tennessee in engineering, so you go, Kaylee. Congratulations. Uh, Anthony, uh, my son, graduated. We were in Philadelphia over the weekend, and in the Monday and then yesterday, uh, I uh, am accompanying him and all of his personal belongings. And to quote my daughter, his room smelled like feet. And now my entire vehicle smells like Brian Hartman. Would you care to guess?
2: Not at lunchtime.
0: Feet. Feet, Brian. Feet, I say. Feet. So we're going to go back to the phones. And let's get our next call in, who is Don, followed by the Hoosier ball. And if you want to get in, 865-200-5402. We are constructing the fictitious fight between... Uh, John Curry and Boo Cor- Corrigan. Boo Corrigan, a great fighter name. A great fighter name, Boo Corrigan. And Johnny Bahama, Curry sounds more like a mixed drink, a Johnny Bahama, which is about his speed. And if he were a mixed drink, he, well, he'd probably be non-alcoholic, quite frankly. Let's go to the phones and probably taste really bland. Let's go to the phones. And get our next call in, and his name's Don. Don, hello.
8: How you doing, Tom? Hey, Don, welcome in. Okay, yeah, I'm talking about your. <clears throat> excuse me, your daughter graduating. I told the other guys the other day, that <clears throat> you know, I'm about to have my first UT graduate. In my family, my grandson is graduating Saturday at UT. That's
0: awesome, Don. Congratulations.
8: Yep, pretty good. Pretty smart boy. Double major, 4.0. Wow. But, uh, looking forward to it, except for the trip and trying to navigate Thompson Bowling Arena with a broken ankle. <laughs> Man, I'm fine. Uh, do they, Don, do they do something
0: to accommodate you? Did you call ahead and see if they've got some kind of accommodations for you?
8: I did not. I mean, they do have you know wheelchair access and everything. And yeah. Sit and stuff like that. Uh, what I should have done was have my doctor write me a thing to go over here and get a handicap tag for temporary yep. so, but it didn't but yep. i will we'll make it i'm i'm out of the cast and i'm in a boot so that helps uh, mm. but yeah but talking about you know the big news there i've been kind of busy this morning and just before i turned the show on um uh, i saw you know where the kid had committed today you know when when Heifel first got here, and people could see his offense a little and things like that. The big question was not having been a head coach at a higher five program, could he recruit? I, I think he's answering that question pretty good. What do you think about Uh Yes. Uh, I, was,
0: uh,
8: I was highly skeptical
0: of the hire from the standpoint of recruiting. It turns out that not only did Tennessee get a great ex-the-nose coach, they got a guy that is a great staff guy. In other words, coaches love coaching for him because he's so good to them. And so that's going to be uh, a a great deal of um, uh, down through the years. I think what you're going to find here during his tenure. Is you're going to find a harmonious coaching staff where you won't have guys jumping out all the time. And so that will create uh, some sort of stability. And then the other thing is he's got a pro coach mentality and we're in a semi professional era right now. You know, you're dealing with a mix of professionals and amateurs now. Yep.
8: And and I think his ability so far, as far as we know, we don't know the end of that. He's managing the egos pretty good. Yep. Um, The guys that are getting the big NIL money, the guys that are getting very little to none, doesn't seem to be a major issue, at least at this point, where people are bailing because of this or that. And the way he was able to, even though we had all those guys jumping the portal initially and everything, I mean, you just look at the guys that just got drafted. And I know part of it is just ability, desire, et cetera. But we had two five-star offensive linemen come in three four years ago. Both got drafted. The transfer went in the third round. The guy that stayed went 10th in the draft. Now, does that mean Morris would have been up there with them? I don't know. But just on the surface, it looks like, our guy make the right decision. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. I mean, you never know uh, no. what
0: what what's going to become of one to the other. But, Don, I've come to the conclusion in my mind that Josh Heifel is going to compete for championships here.
8: Absolutely.
0: And I did not think that was the case when they hired him. No, and I think not. I'm not alone in that. I don't think I'm alone in. Admitting that out loud, I thought he'd be a nice coach for a while. I think this guy's got a chance to be here for a long time and win some championships.
8: Oh, I do, too. I mean, the leap leap over the last two years is just, I don't think anybody, when they seen that train wreck, two train wrecks that I went in four years on two coaches that run the program in the ground, two was on the cusp of the playoff last year. Now. I don't think anybody really saw that the uh, uh, keeping his staff together uh, like he has I mean you lost you lost the offensive coordinator but when you're that good I mean that, it's not just money I mean you got, a guy wants to run his own program you can't associate that at all so uh, yeah, you know it's, it's across the sports spectrum and uh, I know that's Danny white's deal too but Everywhere you look, they're competing with championships. and That's what we always used to, you know, everybody always used to say. But, uh, yeah, I'm excited. Uh, just for, drop one little thing in here on uh, uh, semi-pro or pro football. <clears throat> Tony, I've heard you say, you know, you'll watch XFL, USFL, whatever. I've just been observing watching some games or parts of games. Uh, in some ways, you think USFL would be more closely – um, I don't know why, but because it's been around a long time, off and on, uh, associated with the NFL than the XFL. But I've been looking at the crowds, or in some cases, lack of crowds. And every time I look, I see a whole lot more people attending the XFL than USFL. You, you got any thoughts on that? Yeah, the USFL set
0: up as a TV show. They're not worried about crowds. Uh, they, they play in four cities, and they have two two teams in each city. And so half the time, they're going to play between the four friends and family. Mm-hmm. Uh, the XFL is set up where they're relying on gate, uh, plus they're owned by Redbird Capital. If you ask me to, like, choose which one of those would be here in four years, five years, the USFL has an edge because they're going to keep the expense down by not uh, having to pay for um, stadium rental and everything that goes into that. Eventually, they're going to have to break out, but they're funded by Fox and NBC and owned by those networks. And really, for the numbers they're getting, they're cheap programming. So, But, uh, Don, I appreciate you. Congratulations, by the way, to Javante Payton. We had a really great run down there in Dallas. And um, maybe that'll be good enough to get him an NFL look. But uh, he really played well at the end of the year and then into the playoffs as the Arlington team won in the XFL. Let me go. Uh, hey, Sean, I've come to the conclusion, before I bring Hoosier Ryan in here, I've come to the conclusion, Sean, that uh, Josh Heupel's going to win a lot
1: here. I think he comes around at the perfect time. Again, uh, whatever the you know as as we say uh, sometimes that the best prayers are sometimes are the ones that are unanswered and who's that who's the cat over in uh, Virginia T- Elliot Tony Elliot is that his name yes Elliot yep uh, so I mean thank goodness oh, didn't we go after him two or three times and went after Milk Dud once or twice and uh, we didn't get them and, and he, uh, whether he ended up um uh, with uh hypo or that was his plan all along boy it certainly has worked out and, and he is just you know you you've said it a, a couple of times he's just here at the perfect time he's the he's the perfect coach for bringing excitement back to the to basically a flatline program he's the perfect coach to uh distract away from what Jeremy Pruitt butch Jones, um, Dooley did to the did to the fan base. He's the perfect coach to exist in the NIL program. He's the perfect coach to uh, rebuild all the bridges in Tennessee with his uh, with with the way he uh, and I'm going to use the word culture. The way he's built his culture and the way he treats people is just absolutely perfect. So if all the if all that credit needs to go to Danny White, then I'm going to. I'm going to wrap it all up and and hand deliver it myself because I can't think of anybody that I would want here more than Josh Heupel right now.
0: You know, I agree with that. I mean, I I, people say, "Well, are you guys saying you wouldn't take him over?" I'm not sure I would take him over, Stephen, right now. Well, I wouldn't take him over the guy. I wouldn't take him over the guy at Florida. I mean, I'm I'm serious now. James Franklin is a really good example, right? Like. I don't like a thing, man. If you could do that at the time, I don't like a thing. If you could do that at the time, man, you got to do that. You got to go get James Franklin. You got to, you know. In retrospect, like you just said, that's really a great break for the balls that James Franklin played with Tennessee and got himself a big fat raise at Penn State. A huge blessing to Tennessee. Huge blessing. Let me go back to our phones and grab Ryan, who's up next with us. Who's your vol? Welcome in, brother.
11: Hey, Tom. Um, Are you coming around to my way of thinking with the natty? Come on, dude. You can do it. Jump in. The water is nice. That hypo's going to win a natty? Are you coming around to that?
0: Hey, brother. Good to talk to you.
11: Yeah. Um, First off, congratulations. Oh, getting some background. I apologize. Congratulations to your family. Um, and, uh, with this, uh, this fight scenario, when I was a kid, I used to watch wrestling. And like most little kids, I was convinced it was real as an adult. I watched boo Corrington do that college football reveal. And I'm still convinced it was real and not predetermined. Not so sure. Right. But, uh, um, So that's why I think this has to be a wrestling match, not a boxing match. And I'm going to throw a kind of weird wrench out there that it's an old switcheroo gimmick.
0: I understood a switcheroo here.
11: The actor Ed Helms um, of The Office Andy Bernard fame, who I've always felt has a strong resemblance to John Curry, starts out fighting as John Curry... Boo Corrington, and when Corrington is strutting around thinking he's defeated him, the real John Curry emerges with a chair and, you know, smacks him with the chair, but then it's a double switcheroo because Palmer switches with the referee and then smacks the real John Curry with a chair, and he wins the match and gets to be the ACC commissioner right before it dissolves and wins the stupid fake championship. So
0: that's that's. So awesome. we've got you. You are the leader in the clubhouse right now uh, with your scenario. <laughs> we've got a lot of moving parts there. I like the wrestling concept because there's no question that there is and there is certainly a, a whole lot of wrestling that's going goes into college football, whether we want to admit it or not. Yes, as an adult.
11: A lot. I'm like, a lot. It's not predetermined. Yeah, it is a little bit. (laughs) Yeah, just a little. Just a tiny bit. When Boo Corrington stood up there and tried to convince everyone week in and week out that, like, no, no, we We have a neutral, detached view of all this, I'm like, oh, come on, dude.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we don't care. You know, we would love to see Tennessee in a playoff. Yeah, sure you would.
1: But there you was. Do you agree yeah, with me? That I'd, I'd, like to, I'd like to ask the caller if he. I'd like to ask the caller if he thinks the NBA draft lottery is real. Oh, that's a good uh, one, Sean. Because I've never. I don't, it was
11: real. It. I don't watch I don't watch uh, the NBA anymore. But when I was a kid, yeah, that was another big passion of mine. I don't think it's as bad as. Is it? Is that an urban legend or is it true? The frozen envelope with Patrick Ewing. Is that one of those urban legends that? is accepted as true or is that did that
0: really happen? When the next he drafted. Wasn't it weighted ping pong balls, guys, or were they pulling out envelopes? What was it?
1: That, that's I thought it was weighted ping pong balls. That's when I was convinced it was fake. And I've and I've yet to be con I've yet to see anything that would change my mind. Well isn't uh, this young man from France like
11: supposed to be of that can't-miss Patrick Ewing, um, um, LeBron James caliber, that whoever, and I don't even know who yeah, won the he, draft and he, and he fits
1: it, And he fits into the same mold as uh, as David Robinson and um, uh, Tim Duncan. Oh, did the Spurs win the draft? Is that who won yeah. the draft? the uh, Spurs won the draft.
0: When the Yama is his name, he does everything. If you look at his clip, he's a good there's not a thing on a basketball floor that guy can't do. It's Whoa. crazy yeah, how skilled that dude is. They say he's the most skilled player to enter the NBA since LeBron James. And looking at him, I kind of believe it.
11: Yeah, so he's. it's like they're going to do the rigmarole where we pretend like they're thinking about who they're drafting, but he might as well just go to San Antonio right now. But I don't like Greg, Greg Popovich, so I'm a little disappointed to hear that they might be good again. You know-
2: <laughs> How long is he going to coach? I mean, he already looks like he's in the year 200 AD. And he's always mad all the time. I mean,
11: politics aside, you know, we, we don't bring that into the show. But he's always angry, and it's like, dude, relax. Like, just relax. My goodness. But George Strait's a big Spurs fan, so I guess that's their saving
0: grace. Now I love me some George Strait and the ace in the whole band. A little Texas two-stepping with George Strait and the Ace and the whole band. Beautiful.
11: Congrats to your family, Tone, and a funny show topic. I like
0: it. Ryan, thank you for uh, participating and making it that much better. The number is 865-200-5402 if you want to join. Let's get a brief timeout. We're going to continue on the other side. It's your Basilio show somewhere in the middle of Virginia. We roll back after this.
3: Spread the word. And get the app at TonyBasilio.com for Android and iPhones. This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern Middle Tennessee, WKOM 101.7 FM Columbia.
9: Have you heard the news? The Big Yellow School Bus with your host, Jack Cobb, with Murray County Public Schools has a new day and time. Hop on the Big Yellow School Bus Saturdays at 10 a.m. right here on WKOM 101.7 FM to hear all about what's happening in and around Murray County Public Schools. The Big Yellow School Bus with Jack Cobb and Friends on Front Porch Radio, Saturdays at 10 a.m. on WKOM 101.7 FM. Fast
5: Pace Health provides easy access to quality care close to home. The streets you live on are the streets we live on. We're part of the baseball games and main street parades. Your community is our community, and it's our mission to provide you with quick, convenient, and affordable healthcare. We're here for the injuries and illnesses, the preventative treatments, the chronic conditions, and so much more. Fast Pace Health, reserve your spot in line today.
9: Fast Pace Health is now open at 600 South James M. Kimball Boulevard. This is
13: Jack Cobb with Murray County Public Schools and the Big Yellow School Bus. You're listening to Front Porch Radio
8: on 101.7 WKOM in Columbia, Tennessee.
0: And welcome you back on your chill show. 865 200 5402 Tennessee baseball gets a dub last night, first time they come up on the show. Brian, what'd you think of Tony Balls' conduct on here yesterday?
2: Repeat that again, that was kind of fuzzy. What did you think of Tony Ball's conduct on oh, here yesterday? Oh, okay, yeah, I really thought he was very insightful on some things, especially about uh, some things about Drew Beam and Halverson and how he stretched Halverson out and it was just to complete. And he kind of, uh, we kind of broke the news about the game being played earlier than it was supposed to be due to the weather coming in. So that was a very good appearance by him, and then followed that up with Todd Walker, who was just brilliant. You talk about some baseball knowledge. In the first hour of yesterday, that was it. You can't get, you can't beat that.
0: You know, one of my favorite things about this college baseball deal, and getting immersed in it, is just the great people around it that are so have such a fervent love for the sport and want to share it with others. And Todd Walker is indicative of that. Here's an accomplished professional player who appears on here yesterday, and he's just an open book insightful, wonderful, you know, Chris Burke kind of people. You know what I mean? And um, sort of, in, I think, indicative of what you find in that sport. And, Sean Sinclair, where are you right now on the baseball team as we head to South Carolina? Is your glass half full or is your glass
1: half empty, Cinco? I think it's half full and half empty. I think... Um Teams at this point, and what is it, Dennis Green? We are who we are. Um, going on the road uh, now. Now, South Carolina is going to be missing some players. I think they have some injuries in their pitching staff. They've already secured a, a regional hosts, a host regional, whatever, and um, I, I think it's an opportunity for us uh, to go in there and take a couple of games. Uh, but we, we, we have to play. Solid baseball, and you can't, like in that Kentucky thing, you just can't come with a lethargic attitude, um, leaving 12, 18, whatever they were left on base. So we'll see. I'm excited about the opportunity for the kids. Uh, but I don't, I mean, regardless regardless of what happens, I don't, if they swept South Carolina, this, this team does not look like a, a regional hosting team to me. Yeah, I, I guess we'll wait. And I, and, I, and, I, and, I, and I believe I would say that to Tony Vols as well. I just we we don't play that quality of baseball, in my opinion. To the phones we go eight six five two
0: hundred five four zero two. Yeah, Tony's comments on Halverson on the pitching, interesting. Tony's and, and Beam. I mean, he just got Brian. He got ripped apart Sunday, which is really strange,
2: doesn't it? getting hammered well he had such a great outing before these last two where he's really struggled he had a complete game against mississippi state that was a seven inning due to the run roll but he was outstanding then and you just wonder what's happened in the meantime he really had a bad showing at georgia and followed that up against kentucky so hopefully he's the game three starter if you have to if you have to win the final game in order to win the series you just hope that he can He's able to answer the bell this week and turn it around.
1: Well, couldn't, why couldn't Why can't Burns go back to the starting? I don't know. I agree with that. I'd much. I mean, it's not I, like it. Burns has been Burns has been good, but it's not like Major League Baseball where you know where your closer might come in and close three games in a row. That that's not going to happen in college. I mean, I'd much rather have Chase Burns of if he's got his thing back, his stinger back, as a starter. And then if you go four games in, then you've got Lindsay and you got the other guys. Well, what
0: what'll be interesting about Tennessee's team is when it becomes all hands on deck, right? Do they give a ball to Burns and say, You're our Kevin Cops, get us home? Do they allow Beam to work out of trouble? And uh you know, you've got a real interesting Swiss Army knife and Burns there. But you're right, Sean. You know this. I think Bean and his performance this year is indicative of this team because just when you have it figured out, these guys have changed the
1: questions on the all the year. And Bean, last year, Bean, Bean, remember last year Bean uh, kind of tailed away at the end as well, and the thought was that because he hadn't pitched in a couple of years, that he didn't have the uh, perhaps his arm wasn't used to that kind of workload, and you know, and and there it is, kind of showing up this year uh, at the end of the season. Another another one I'm concerned about is is you know our favorite, crowd favorite, fan favorite, Kirby Connell. I mean, he's he's been getting pounded lately. Yeah, he's not having. Uh, he is
0: he is not having the uh, year he thought he was going to have. No doubt about it. Whatever it is, this stuff is getting smoked. Let's go back to the phone. And we get Mariano in the hunt in the mix with us up next. Mariano, welcome in. How you doing, guys? Hey, Mariano. How's it going, Doc?
1: Mariano couldn't be better. I heard that. Sounds great. Hey, uh... A little bit about Georgia. Just saw where they picked up uh, the number one quarterback for the 2024 class. Uh, and it's amazing to me, guys, how they continue to do that. I mean, of course, you know they, the success they've had. But, golly, within the last week in the Kirby Cup, we find out, well, Jalen Carter not only was
0: speeding, but it was reported out of Florida that he was driving on a revoked license. They have another DUI from another player. And uh, we find out that Stetson Bennett, after seven years in college, hasn't even graduated from University of Georgia yet. So uh, the Kirby Cup down there is really, uh, I don't know, which one outshines the other at this point. Well, yeah, they're, they're proud. Well, well they're proud. and you're right. I, I want to say, on Stetson Bennett's account, I mean, that's a really, really bright young man. Because, again, to really try to go to college seven years not to get a per- degree in something you forgot about how Think he was about running that around. mariano that's right. a hell of an accomplishment what do you take it, three, uh, three semester hours a semester i don't i don't know how you do that tony i, I really don't you forgot about you know about at least was, a, a p.e degree or something yeah
2: how about how he was running around in dallas with uh, i guess late at night wasted yeah, that, and getting arrested yeah
1: well that makes a lot more sense now i'm uh, once you hear those, those things about him, you know, wandering around at four o'clock in the morning beating on people's doors, but yeah, makes a lot more sense.
0: Tony, let me, let me say something to you, ask you and Sean, and if you've ever thought about this or ever thought it would be something that some coach, um, well, you know, like Saban and, and, and Smart are both defensive guys and they've, and you know, obviously they're trying to hire somebody to handle the offensive side for them, you know, and because it's on their area of expertise, so, so to speak. Could you ever see it transferring to basketball and us actually, Rick Barnes actually going out and hiring an offensive coordinator for basketball? I mean, that's just, I'm being serious. Uh, Rick Barnes loves his offense. Um, so I don't think that's going to happen. Um, in order to hire an offensive coordinator, you'd have to acknowledge that your offense needs help. And I don't think that's the case with them. Although I do think it's interesting that they've taken Wait. this guy from Northern Colorado, who at the end of it all is an offense first player and openly says that. Says they're going to play through me, which, hey, I'll believe that when I see it. I know what you're saying, though. You have a good point. I don't know why in basketball, why that isn't a thing. Polinsky has brought some uh, performance. Professional basketball tendencies to what they do offensively. They started last year shooting a mil- two years ago. He was first there shooting a million three balls, but they soon went away from that because that's what the uh, yeah. that's what the pro game is all about. You know, shooting the ball, stretching the floor, everybody shoots a three. Um, but you do have a great point in, in in basketball. You don't see that much. Well, you know, I was just thinking,
1: you know those those guys, those great coaches in football. Acknowledge that they have shortcomings in that in that area, and hire somebody to do the job for them on the other side of the ball. So, obviously, I think Barnes has it together on the on the defensive
0: end, but it's just a thought, guys. Something to uh, kick around. Hey, catch up
1: with you guys later, Tony. Congrats on the kids. See you.
0: It is interesting on Barnes. uh, Thank you, Mariano. It's interesting on Barnes to me, Sean, because. You know, you look at a guy like that and he's so successful, yet he's such a Doc Rivers of NCA basketball. He's just such a great regular season coach that just just kinda of stinks in the postseason and it just, it just continues to happen. Do you believe, Sean, that he's gonna let that kid from northern Colorado, he's gonna turn that kid loose and let him
1: play? Do you believe it, Sean? Well, he hasn't yet uh, with anyone else. You know, I, I i made the I made the comparison a long time ago about uh, him being Don Sutton, you know, Hall of, Hall of Fame coach with the with the win totals, but um, certainly not certainly not Sandy Koufax or one of those guys. So um, it, it, it's hard to it's hard to think that a leopard's going to change his spots. Uh, I don't I don't see that happen. I I wonder where. This looks like a unless I'm missing something. This looks like a pretty short team. Am I? It, am I? And, and then why was, you know, and I still have to wonder why I, why the kid from Harvard's going to be better than EJ Anasicki who tore up a a smaller league or Tyree Key or some of these other people. I I'm, I'm just not I'm I'm not sure where 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 the success is coming from in those guys.
0: They're, uh, they're, they're thought to be the number seven roster in college basketball coming in next season. Now, granted, we're living in an era where this incoming class in college basketball is thought to be one of the worst incoming classes in years in college basketball. I'm talking about the top 30, 40 players, etc. cetera. Uh,
1: just a... So about. Who's handling the ball? The what? Who's handling the ball?
0: Uh I guess right now but I guess Tennessee's the guy, but ball handler the is
1: going to be best. Going to be, to be I would think, be their point guard. Well, well, I mean, if you have Zakai coming back with a ACL injury, I mean he's dynamic, right. no question, but he with an ACL, Um right? And he could be healed, but most athletes. Don't come back that quickly, and then because that was the end of the year, so it's not even a calendar year. And then Vaskov, respectfully, be He's never been a point guard. I mean, he may be right. on paper, but he's right. not a he's not a ball handler in the SEC. He gets eaten alive. You got BJ Edwards moved on. Yep. Um, this Dilly owned kid. I can I guess is a. I know he's been a primary ball handler, but he's not a. He, he's a combo guy. He's good. not a point guard. No, he's a dynamic sure. scorer, is what he is. Yeah, yeah. and then the and then the the gainy kid. He's a shooter. So yeah. Again, who's this? Is what we we run into is we run into we get into the SEC and you know moving on to the tournament. You don't you don't have a true point guard. Again, I'm talking about zakai Zigler yeah. with an ACL injury. Let me get our next call in.
0: Baby
10: Ellis, welcome in. Yes, uh, Rick Barnes, there's nothing wrong with Rick, Rick Barnes' offense. Rick Barnes, Rick Barnes, he has a way to, uh, it's the players. Player because he, the way that they run the offense is, you know, he's got these plays designed, and I've seen it work when he had uh, uh, Jordan Bowden uh, when that crew was in. Now, those guys really knew how to run those plays. He, he got guys going in and out, coming back through. If you can run his plays, if the players can pick up on this pro offense that he's got with these style of plays that he runs, then the offense works fine. It's the players that got to be able to run his offense. Lately, he really don't have the players that can really run that kind of offense, so it's, it's a problem. But if, if he can get the players to go with his system, it's really nice. Because I've watched it. I've watched it. I mean, I mean you know, but they,
0: they got to be able to run his play. Look, I mean, the proof's in the pudding. The guy's won everywhere he's been. He's won big here. They've had efficient offenses. The, the problem with Barnes is the last piece that people get of him manually is a bitter taste. Uh, obviously he only win one championship at the end of the year and only one champion, but I, I kind of agree with you. I'll be real curious to see if he lets this De Leon guy, who's an offense-first guy, and he lets this uh, connect kid from Northern uh, Colorado, if he turns those two guys loose, baby Ellis. That'll be very interesting to see if they feature those two guys on offense.
10: The only time he turns, turns the guys loose is in transition. That's when they loose is when they in transition. That's when they can do their thing in transition. But when it comes to setting up the plays, that's when Bones is going to kick in. Okay, guys, run my plays because my plays work. But you got to have the players that know how to run them, the uh, pro-style plays that he has designed if you ever watch his offense.
0: So I mean you, bring, so, hey, you, you, you know, you bring up such a great point. For a guy who's so defensive oriented, they don't create any fast break points because they choose not to. And it drives me crazy personally, but it is what it is. I mean I watched that pro game last night. That 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 Nuggets Lakers deal, they're getting up and down the court like Literally like they're playing in a playground. I mean, the ball touches the ground twice. We are so slow in plodding from that perspective. There will be no fast break scoring, uh, under Rick Barnes at Tennessee. It's really strange. But that's his philosophy. Well, he, he can't, he can't do nothing
10: about, you know, when they get in the transition. You know, it's, it's about rebounding. First, get the rebound. Kick, it, kick the ball out. Okay, now we in the transition. Now we get to do what we want to do. Let's see who. Let's see who can who can put this this ball in the hoop while we in transition. But if we get we get back down and we got to slow the ball down, then Rick Barnes is going. To, he wants to run the play. and that's basically is what college coaches do. He's pretty successful at it, but you just got to have players to run the play. That's all I'm saying. You know, hey, <laughs> the guys. Need to bring in an offensive coordinator. Not really, he just needs to get the players in that can run
0: his offense, and then everything is fine. I, I think you had a great call. I think, in my opinion, you just took Mariano under wing, in my opinion. And I hope you have a doc good and great talking to you. Here, our next call in. Dub your Lynn. Dub your Lynn, welcome in. My French compatriots, doing today incredibly. I want to congratulate you, Tony, on your children uh, graduating. That's awesome. And uh, my daughter uh, graduated from UT years ago, and if she had not gone to UT, the only other place I would have wanted her to go to would be an Ivy League school. <laughs> so that, that 10 degree for Anthony's big, you know, and the UT degree. Well, I want to congratulate my children and my checkbook. In that order, yeah. That's a, that. that, that <laughs> I know, I know that. But uh, this boxing match you're trying to have, the man that put boxing matches together, that all he cared about was money, was Don King. So that's got to be Fulmer, Don King Fulmer. <laughs> so what do you think, Senko? Fulmer as the promoter of the event? Not a bad idea. That'd be an interesting way to involve Fulmer in it. Fulmer promotes onto
1: the onto event. I think you're on something.
0: You <laughs> push all that money. That sure really, we've That's got so good. And so. I got Fulmer over there though with Boo Corrigan. You know, because just wants gonna, to eliminate gonna, Curry again. And he's rubbing ether
1: all over if, his gloves like that episode of Mash. If you're gonna take take the easy, quick money. With the hair, you got to go Monty Kiffin, don't you? <laughs> Tony, I don't
0: want to the loop on this ACC stuff. Who came up with this name in the Magnificent Seven? Somebody really unoriginal, and somebody probably that wears a bow tie, truth be told. That yeah. is about the G.A.Y.S. Thing I've ever heard. No offense to that term, but as far as you said, you had to pick four teams if you wanted somebody in the SEC. Is that your rule that you got to have four? I I mean, I think you're going to end up with four more. Yeah. So, were you taking three of the magnificent four of the magnificent seven, or you mixing a match in here? The magnificent Magnificent seven seven and and the. The Dirty Five? How many is it? <laughs> I'm mixing and matching because the first one I would want in is Georgia Tech because I love that rivalry. I went back through my history, and we. I went to the Atlanta game against Georgia Tech like, you know, 10 straight years, you know, every other year. Georgia Tech would be number one. Then I like Virginia Tech because they're a college football school. And then I'm just going to throw in North Carolina and North Carolina State to, to fulfill Roy Kramer's
2: dream. Did you know about Roy Kramer's dream, Tony?
0: No, tell me about his dream. This was in the paper a few months ago. It might, it might have been in USA Today. His dream was to have all the states of the old Confederacy in the SEC. And all we're lacking is Virginia and North Carolina. Brian Hartman, are you going to say something?
2: I. Uh, That's the only two I, states we don't have. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm a. i am i am figured it would go in this direction eventually.
0: I, I really don't want any ACC teams. To be honest with you, I don't. I think we're fine the way we are. We are to take West Virginia if we're going to do anything. We ought to like well, do a, West Virginia do an end around and poach a team out of the Big Twelve. When they zig, we zag. You know what I mean? Yeah, I I, I don't really want to expand, but you know, if we have to, we have to. Are we only going to have to do it if the Big Ten expands? Is that kind of what we're looking at? Probably. Jackie was right all those years ago. You end up with two thirty team leagues. He said four sixteen, 16 the National League and American League of baseball. And then you have yeah. a playoff from each one at the end of the year, and then you play a championship. That's what—that's where this thing's going. I mean, it's slowly moving there, but you can already see it. What you want to be is in the boat. So, as a Tennessee fan, you know for the next 100 years or so, you're in the boat. Tennessee's yeah. in the boat; they're safe. If I'm a Memphis fan, I'm not in the boat. If I'm uh, if I'm a uh, Duke fan, I'm not in the boat. I mean, I, I'm I'm not going to be in the boat. Yeah. If, I'm, if I'm Wake Forest, I'm not in the boat. The only person we have that should not be in the boat is probably Vanderbilt, but we got to keep them around, probably. <laughs> well, like Sean said, everybody needs somebody to beat. You yeah. know, you got to you got to have some scheduled wins. And well, that's so another, another reason item. I wanted. Yeah. That's another reason I wanted the two Carolina teams, NC State, North Carolina. I think we could beat them seventy seventy five percent of the time. I
2: like Georgia Tech. I think we yep. could beat them too.
0: Georgia Tech, yeah, yep. And Georgia Tech's got such a beautiful little field there and a great tradition. So Plus, we, they would neutralize Georgia a little bit. You could, you could, you could break up the talent down there into different. Uh, in schools, two different schools. It would be, we would go to a Georgia We used to go to a Georgia Tech game and then go to a Falcons game the next day. There was even a couple of times we went to a Braves game when it was early enough. That was just a great trip to go to Atlanta and play Georgia Tech. I agree with that. W. Lynn, you're the man. Thank you. Cinco, do you believe that if Georgia Tech were in this league, it, would it help or hurt Tennessee? Because then we wouldn't get. As, I'm thinking about that out loud. Is then we probably wouldn't get as much talent out of there if they had two schools
1: to split it up. I don't see what Georgia Tech brings at all. Um, that you're not going. It, it doesn't weaken Georgia one bit. Um, where it hurts, it would hurt. It would likely hurt someone like uh, uh, Auburn, who who recruits heavily in Georgia, and Tennessee. Uh, so I, I don't. I don't see where that gets you. It doesn't get you any more eyeballs, um, uh, I mean, I mean it, 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 basketball, they, they've lost their way in basketball, uh, football. They, you know, they couldn't do anything with, was it Paul Johnson? Is, is that right? They can't do anything. Yeah. They're, they, they don't. Yeah. Just, it's just not with all due respect. Cause I have nothing against the school. I kind of like the colors and, uh, I love their the colors. Yep. Yeah. The, uh, a lot Let's of do that. Don't about that place, it's in Atlanta, but I just yep. I just don't see it. I want to thank my
0: friend Sinclair, S. E. A. N. Sinclair, D-D-S, Beautiful Maryville. I want to thank Ryan, he's the winner of our copper card slash uh, our gift card to Alumni Hall. So congratulations to the Hoosier Vaul, Ryan. Hey, Tom, can I get? It?
6: Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram thanks St. Jude Children's Hospital for their admirable work. We are committing to their cause of providing quality care to families in need at no cost to them by donating $150 for every new vehicle sold. Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram is proud to partner with St. Jude for the fourth consecutive year. If you are currently in the market for a new vehicle, visit the team in store or shop online at Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia.net to help families protect what matters most. You can count on us.
2: Each week on History's Hook, we'll be bringing you interesting and informative stories from the past in an effort to connect the history in our own backyard to the big events that compose national and world history. I'm your host, Tom Price. This is not your high school history class. We're going to make history fun and compelling. We're going to get you hooked.
9: History's Hook with your host, Tom Price. Saturdays at 9 a.m. and 6 p.m. Right here on WKOM 101.7 FM Front Porch Radio. Join us for a journey through time.
4: The NASCAR Cup Series.
6: Willie B. William Byron
0: on
12: the inside to his outside?
0: That's
4: Kyle Larson. Makes its long-awaited return. He's going to try to stay on the bottom, and they may have made contact. To North Wilkesboro Speedway. Whoa,
2: Hamlin gets into Larson. Larson's in the fence. Hamlin will make the move. Larson will regroup. Denny Hamlin takes the
4: lead. It's the NASCAR All-Star Rates.
9: 4 p.m. Sunday, May 21st on WKOM 101.7 FM.